0: I'm encouraged. I got a phone call this afternoon. Um, We prayed Sunday morning um, for a frozen shoulder, right, Marlo? And uh, Britt called me this afternoon and said that in that morning, God broke it loose and and brought healing. So praise God. Yeah, that's long-distance prayer. She's in Florida, so... How many of you know the spirit realm is not bound by uh, space, geography, cold weather, warm weather? Amen. Let's go to the Word of God. Yeah, that's space, geography, cold weather, warm weather. Amen. Let's go to the Word of God. Uh, I want to speak to you tonight on a verse that is, uh, if, if you could get me there. Uh, Oh, looks! I can get myself there. There we go. How many of you have heard this, do not judge me? You can't judge me. Right, and it's a very popular thing right now in the entertainment business, and uh, just in general, and most of the uh, unsaved people love this Bible verse. Judge not, lest you be judged. Don't you know that you're not supposed to judge me? And what happens is many believers have become so weak in their understanding of Scripture, they go, Oh, yeah, it is in the Bible. I guess we can. And I want to really bring clarity to you about that yeah, is in the Bible. I guess we can. To you about judgment and about what God says concerning judgment and the kind of judgment that we are to perform. We are to bring judgment to the earth. If you'll remember what Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit's ministry, He will bring judgment. And that judgment is against sin, and that judgment is against the devil. And so, if we do not declare a righteous judgment, if we do not help people understand what is sin and what is not sin, they'll never know. Because the the church is the only light this world has. And, and we can't be duped when someone says, hey, you can't judge me, man. So I want to give you an understanding of what Jesus meant and what is very clear in Scripture as to what he meant concerning uh, the judgment of the world and judging others. Let's go to that verse that so many people say, do not judge, right? And uh, uh, it's real interesting because there are different people who do outrageous things, and when people, churches, Christians speak against it, their first response is, you can't judge me. And then they judge the Christians for judging them. Hello, is anybody catching on? And many times we back off. Um, Here's the verse, judge not lest you be judged. Okay, there you go you can't judge or you're going to be judged could I let everybody know you will be judged everybody's gonna be judged okay because if you take it as the sense that if you don't judge then you won't be judged you're missing the boat everyone will be judged it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment Hebrews chapter 9 alright so everyone is going to be judged so Jesus didn't mean that if you don't judge anybody, you'll be able to escape judgment. No, there will be a judgment for every single person. Let's read on what the rest of the verse says. This is the point he's making. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what he's saying is this. In the full context of that verse is, the way you judge others will be brought back onto you so what is he trying to say he's speaking to the Pharisees he's speaking to the religious leaders he's saying that the judgment should be brought with truth revelation with gentleness with kindness speak the truth in what love because that's the kind of judgment that will come back on you and that's the kind of judgment we all need everyone here needs to be judged we all need that for the sake of each other Uh, I I went to uh, I have a master's degree in fine arts and so I went through six years of of art school and uh, every project we did in art school you would have a critique in front of the class that's what art is all about And so you'd finish your project, you'd put it up front, and the entire class would sit there and critique, well, I like this, I don't like that, why didn't you do it like this, and why didn't you do it like that? And you had to defend what you did. And um, what I found out is it sharpens your skills. It gives you critical thinking so that while you're in the privacy of your own studio or wherever you're working and you're considering doing these things you're remembering the critiques and the evaluations and you're not going to make the same mistakes that you did before because you've been corrected critiqued and judged but in a way to which you'll learn from it and you'll grow from it and the kind of judgment you want to give to other people is that kind of judgment the measuring judgment that you need, you want to give to others. But we have this idea that if we judge someone, we look like this, and uh, they don't like that. We don't have to judge like that face, that prudish, uh, angry face and we're going to get to the heart of what Jesus is trying to say but let's go back to this one concept first of all the idea that if you judge you won't if you don't judge you know you won't be judged I mean that's that's ridiculous everyone's going to be judged so let's start with those who are not saved everyone that's not saved will be judged at the great white throne judgment on your outline I put a few verses there as to how we'll be judged Romans chapter 2 gives us real good indications. Romans 2.16 says that God will judge men's secrets. The secrets of the heart, King James says, the intentions of the heart. How about that? Can you imagine standing before God and God is going to say that you were thinking about this? That ain't fair, but I didn't do it. (laughs) But it's what's in your heart, right? Right? And so our very thoughts and intents of the heart, the, the unbeliever, will be judged on this. And secondly, he will have to repay according to each one's deeds, what we have done. Romans 14 says, we will stand before the throne of God to uh, uh, explain what we have done in the body. Do you know that unsaved people, people who do not know the Lord, will have their bodies resurrected too? Okay? Because they have to stand before the judge in the body uh, that, that they had sinned in and give account for what they did in their body. And so their actions and their thoughts are going to be judged by God. And these are unsaved people, people who have not taken the blood of Christ to cleanse them from sin. And so the day will come when God is going to clean the universe from rebellion and sin. And if it's attached to people, they go too. Point being, it's people who make rebellion and sin. Consider this verse. It's amazing in John 12, verse 48. It's an amazing verse for you to share with people Who don't know the Lord. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. What does that mean? If they do not receive what Jesus said as what is true, that is what will judge them the truth, the word of Christ. So what he's saying is if they reject me and don't receive my words, that's the judge. My words will be their judge. And They're going to be hearing a lot of Bible verses on that day. Did I not say this? Did I not say that? And so I'll tell you, you remember how Jesus warned different cities for the amount of light that they had? O Capernaum, woe unto you. Remember this? Nineveh will not have as bad a judgment as you will because the Son of Man, woe unto you. Hey, did I not say this? Did I not say that? And so I'll tell you, you remember how Jesus warned different cities for the amount of light that they had? O Capernaum, woe unto you. Remember this? Nineveh will not have as bad a judgment as you will because the Son of Man, the Son of God is in this city and you do not recognize Him, woe unto you. Can you imagine America in the day of judgment? How much word has gone over the airwaves, through the TVs, through the streets, how much word has saturated our communities and has been rejected by our culture And our people. So greater is the judgment and condemnation that's going to come upon them. God will judge them according to the light that's been revealed. The word that I have spoken will judge him on that last day. Do they know the word of God? Do Americans know the word of God? Have they heard the word of God? That should motivate us to judge them. What do I mean by that? Condemn them? No. Rescue them from an impending doom. If we really believe what Jesus is saying, our friends, our family that that goes to church but has not accepted Christ, people who, who have heard the word all their lives but they've not given their lives to the Lord, we have got to judge them. Get this. Understand what I'm saying. The judgment is... Bring revelation to their sin and to their neglect of Christ so that they will become aware of the judgment that's coming. That is the most loving thing you can do. I'm not saying condemning them, I'm not saying look down your nose at them, I'm saying run to them. Judgment is bring reveling. That is the most loving thing you can do. I'm not saying condemning them. I'm not saying look down your nose at them. I'm saying run to them. Help them. Love them. To understand that they are mounting, as Paul says, the wrath of God is being stored up against them because they have more revelation than most people. You getting what I'm saying? Now, isn't that what you would want? Isn't that the same kind of judgment you would want? That if you have a blind spot, if you're not seeing the revelation of God, but you see it for me, would you please tell me? Pastor Tim, you're off. I'm worried about you. You did this and this. You can't judge me. But that's, that's a, No, I have to judge you. I have to point this out to you. Thanks. Thanks, Renee. Do you get the heart of what's behind this judgment? It is necessary. Look at now. If you reject Him, His word won't go away. It will show up on judgment day. Wow. So, what about Christians? We'll be judged too, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that we are all going to appear before the Bema Seat of Christ. That is a judgment for the believer. He goes on to explain in 1 Corinthians 3, this is not about your salvation. You're saved by grace, through faith, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We'll suffer loss on that day, but we will not lose salvation. It says you will be saved. So the judgment that we appear is not about going to hell. It's about our works. What did you do with what I gave you? It's about reward. That's what that judgment's about. It's about reward. Okay? Now, we're going to go before the Bema seat of Christ, and and I want to be able to stand before that throne and not have missed so much opportunity and so many things... Look, at that's why as a pastor, sometimes I have to call things out on you. Why? Because it says in the book of Hebrews, because I have to give an account for your soul. I'm responsible that when you get to the bema seat of Christ, your word will be uh, uh, not against you, but your reward will be there for you. If I see you heading for sin, i got to say, hey, brother, come on. Hey, don't judge me, man. Unless you want to be judged. I want to be judged. I need to be judged. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says that we are to judge ourselves so that we will be judged in this world and not there. So that the Holy Spirit will begin to judge us. I need to be judged. I don't need you to look down on me. I don't need you to make, make me look like a fool. I do that well enough. I do that I just need to be aware of where I'm off or if I've done something wrong, if I've offended this or that. You ha- I need you to judge me and I need to judge you and we need that. And What he's saying is the same measure of judgment that you would give to others will come on back on you. Well, if you do it righteously, isn't that the kind of judgment you want back on you? Yeah, so we can do this right. And the reason we need to do this is because I don't want to lose any rewards. Does that make sense to you? All right. He says this. Let's go to the full passage again in Matthew 7. He says, Judge not, lest you be judged. What he's talking about actually is not the great white throne judgment and is not the Bema Seat of Christ. He's talking about relationships with people. He's talking about how to live a righteous life one to another. The judgment here on earth that you face with each other. He's saying when you judge each other, be careful because for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's not a bad thing if you're using a good measure. Does that make sense? Yeah, if I'm judging you correctly, righteously, according to God's word, with love, that's the same measure that's gonna come back on me. And so I need to judge. If, if I had opportunity to be with Madonna, uh, uh, I don't know, some rappers, or someone else uh, that, that's putting out such filth, I have a chance to talk to them I need to judge him. What do I mean by that? You filthy animal. You're going to hell. That's going to get nowhere. That's not going to help that person. That is not going to bring help to them. Is that what Christ came to do? Condemn? Did Jesus come to judge? No. The Father's word will already do that. He said, I came to bring life. So I need to tell him, I need to, I need to let him know, Sister, you know, you are failing Uh, a lot of people morally you're bringing people are following you and walking into sin because of your actions, your words and your activities you really need to understand that you're going to be accountable for these things hey man, don't judge me no, I have to I have to judge you so that you would wake up to the reality of what you're doing you want me to do that to you? yeah (laughs) yes I want that same measure of judgment, right? He goes on and he says this. Why do you look, though? He wants corrective surgery here, though. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that little speck out of your eye when you got a beam sticking out of your own? You're a hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to do what? Take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, if he meant don't judge at all, why did he say fix your issue and then deal with theirs? Right? The conclusion of this is still judge them. Help them. They've got a speck in their eye. Help them. But you know what? Clean up your act first so that they would receive it in a proper manner. But that's the end point. Once you can see clearly, Take the speck out of their eye. Judge them. Judge them. Dude, you can't judge me. I need to. You're wounding yourself and you don't know it. You're walking in in, in the wrath of God and you don't understand. I have to come and expose this to you. But if my life isn't clean, they're not going to receive it, are they? Because I got this big old beam sticking out of my eye. Hypocrites, he called them. The Pharisees were doing this. Do you know what a hypocrite is? Someone who says one thing and does another. But let's qualify that, okay? You have to qualify to understand what a true hypocrite is. We use that word too easily. A true hypocrite is someone who says one thing, but willingly and deceitfully believes another. Because they call Christians hypocrites all the time. You guys are hypocrites because you talk about a righteous life and this and that, but you sin. You fail what you say to do that 's not a hypocrite because we still believe that that's true, but we failed it you see that 's not a hypocrite that's a failure at living a righteous life <laughs> i 'm not being hypocritical i 'm missing the mark. We would still say I was wrong because the people accuse uh, you know evangelists that have fallen and people that have uh, uh, sinned in their lives and they've repented before people they go ah they're hypocrites they say righteous 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 but look what they did they still believe in what is right but they failed it that's not a hypocrite a hypocrite is someone who says this is right but willingly purposefully knowingly live another way that's a hypocrite now there are christians that do that and they're hypocrites But you may have failed God. And someone would say, Oh, yeah, I I saw what happened in your life. You didn't live up to all God. You're a hypocrite. No, I'm not a hypocrite. I believe I should have, and I failed it. That's not hypocritical. Do you get that? But the Pharisees, they were hypocrites. (laughs) They were holding up the law uh, before the people, but they themselves as Jesus rebuked them with stealing money from the widows and the people who were trying to build homes and taking tithes off of people all the time. Now that's a hypocrite. You say you're righteous, but you're stealing and robbing. There's a lot of churches and a lot of pastors and leadership that fleece the sheep all the time. Talk about righteousness, talk about this, and, 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 and they're taking so we got to be careful about that. So what Jesus is saying is, if we're going to move in this realm of judgment so that we can help people see clearly the truth, you better deal with yourself first. Take the beam out of your own eye. Now, that's called a hyperbole. Okay, A hyperbole is an exaggerated form of speech. Well, you guys take the Bible literally? That sounds silly, man. Whoever ever had a beam in their eye. No, look, dude, it's a hyperbole. We take it literally in the sense of literature that when he uses a hyperbole, he's using exaggerated speech to make a point. Is that too hard to comprehend? I don't have a beam sticking out of my heart. But what is most obvious, and what he's saying is, uh, it, what is most obviously wrong in your life, and you're trying to correct the little teeny thing that's wrong with mine. That doesn't Feel right, and and it doesn't work. Why would you listen to someone who is? I don't know. I could come up with examples. You know, I don't know. Ah, maybe I shouldn't even go there. It, it, it burdens me. Um, pastoring's a, a, a tough job. It really is uh, a lot of strain. But it burdens me that. That pastors, I'll speak to my own people, uh, that pastors can be in a pulpit and speak from the Word of God and speak righteousness and yet fail at their marriage and and, and not treat their children right and, and all this stuff that's the beam in their eye and they're picking on people for the little things in theirs. Do you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. But we can do that ourselves in any form or fashion. What is Jesus trying to say, very simply? clean your act up we need you Jesus is speaking the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 7 and the the Sermon on the Mount is about life in the New Testament believer it's about a righteous life that the sons of God have taken their position of authority in the earth and they are now going to be judges of righteousness in the earth why because you and I believe it or not are going to judge the angels one day are you ready for this huh? We're going to judge the angels. We're going to judge the 12 tribes. We're going to sit on the throne with Jesus. And in the new millennium and in in, in the whole realm of things, we're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ, making discernments and judgments. And he's saying, I need you people to clean your act up. You got to get it right. That means he might expose you. And the judgment you use against someone else, he'll use against you. So that he can expose the beam in your eye. So let's judge ourselves. Let's help each other out here. And so he says, come on, let's let's examine ourselves first. Now, in John chapter 7, verse 24, he's trying to make the point, okay, you do need to judge. We need to bring righteousness to the earth. We need the sinners to know they're sinners. We have such relativity here to what is right and wrong, moral relativity. There is no morality anymore. There is no right and wrong, so it doesn't matter. But then when Christians step up and say, this is wrong, everybody says, with our verses, don't judge. You're not supposed to judge. Yes, I am. Because if I don't judge, there'll be no judgment, and this world will go to hell, and I don't want to live like that. There must be righteousness in the earth and I need to speak what Christ has spoken. If you want to talk about judge lest you be judged, I can sit down and tell you what it means. But we need righteous judgment. John 7, 24, Jesus said this, Stop judging by mere appearances and make a what? Right judgment. He is looking, in Matthew 7, he's looking for New Testament believers, children of God, to make Righteous judgment. Righteous judgment. When you see something wrong, call it out. Right? You go someplace, you see someone pickpocketing, you see them putting something in their coat, call it out. Where's the righteous judges of the earth? I don't want to get involved. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. You're going to rule the universe with Jesus, judge the angels, but yeah, you don't want to get involved. When are you going to get into this thing? Right? Call it out. There's a way to do it. But it's time for us to call out the sin in the United States, isn't it? The sin in our own cities. And isn't it interesting that as we've been praying in these last eight or nine years, praying hard for the city of Detroit, praying hard, what is happening? What's getting exposed? Corruption. Corruption. Do you know why? The righteous judges of the earth are storming heaven saying, God, bring revival. God, fix and clean this land. And so you're calling out judgment in the heavenlies. And what God, what's God doing? He's doing it. He's bringing judgment. He's exposing it all. Clean it up. Well, come on. Stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. Now, how many of us have made judgments by appearance? Right? See some of the folks coming into church? Where's my ushers? Where are they? That guy's got pink hair and a studded hat, and he's scaring me you talk to the guy and he's in love with jesus right how many of you remember space he moved he used to be right here but i i used to love watching people look at space because this guy's like a 60 year old hippie right his hair was tie-dye and he was just like wow this dude has loved jesus like never i saw How do we make righteous judgments? Now that's what we need to get to. Let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, Jesus says, not by appearance. How about the prophet Samuel? How do you like that? The prophet Samuel. Remember when he went to anoint the next king? And what did the prophet do? He looked to the outside of the man. Didn't we already go through that with Saul? Tall, dark, and handsome? Yeah, didn't work. So he goes... To to uh, Jesse's house, David's father's house, and here he is the prophet who has a word from the Lord, and even a prophet discerns by appearance. We can fall back into our default mode, right? And miss it. We always gotta be hearing. But he did hear the voice of the Lord, because he'd go to anoint this one, and he said, Not him. Then he'd go to anoint this one, and the Lord said, Not him. He'd go to the next, not him. Who, Lord? <laughs> Let's cut to the chase here. Let's get to it. He says, you look at outward appearance, I look at the heart. So there is our first point on how we're to make judgment. We don't make judgment by what we think we see. We find out. Do not assume. The worst kind of judgment is by assuming. I think this and I think that because I'm... I'm Putting the math together. Well, you better get a better calculator. This is your calculator. Be careful what you assume. Find out. Ask questions. Bring righteous discernment. That's what he's saying. Righteous discernment. Righteous judgment. Find out if you have an opinion about someone or what they've done. Or you may have heard just a little bit of information. They call it gossip and you're making a discernment and a judgment on that, don't judge by appearance or what you've heard. Find out for yourselves. You know how many people I've had come to this church that the pastors called me? Uh, I heard you got this person there. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about them. Well, brother, thank you for that information. And uh, maybe this is the place where we'll let Jesus do what he needs to do. And that's how I take it. Everybody's got a clean slate when they come in here. And then I gotta, I'm going to work with you. I'm going to try and figure out what's going on and see what can happen. I can't judge by appearance, and I can't judge by what others have said, but I'll confront you on the information given to me, and we'll work from there. Right? Does that make sense? Righteous judgment. All right, so what is the right judgment? And he goes on and he says this. Righteous judgment is first of all, I put it on your outline, 1 Corinthians 4 5. This verse is a pillar verse in my heart when I'm trying to discern things. Judge nothing before its time. Many of us jump on things way too quickly, we react too quickly. We, we make jumps at things too quickly. Um, we try to stop things, and, and we get right in the mix of things. Judge nothing before it's time. And so give people, there's another famous phrase, my kids know this, if you give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves. You don't have to control everything. You don't have to do everything, right? Watch pray and be watchful therein the bible says so don't buy don't judge by appearance right everybody here is prejudice everybody here is prejudice you grew up with some kind of prejudice whether it's the color of someone's skin whether it is age whether it is economic wealth or lack of wealth uh Everybody's got some opinion, some kind of prejudice somewhere. We can't judge by appearance. Judge nothing before it's time. It's right time. And so watch, wait, see, and discern. Secondly, Proverbs 3 says what? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Can I help? Can I give you some advice when you're trying to discern and make a judgment about somebody's life? Instead of accusing them of something because you've assumed something, ask questions. It disarms the situation. You simply have to ask a question. Did I mishear you? Or are you feeling this? Or could I ask you a question? Did you mean what you said just a few minutes ago? Um, did you really want to say that? Because this is how it felt when you said that. You ask questions because then there is not a condemnation or a judgment on them. Brother, did you really mean to put those lyrics in that song you're singing? Because it, it, it's not its not good, I think. I, what do you mean by that? What's going on? Let them share their heart. Then you bring the discerning issue and re- revelation to them. Does that make sense to you? Watch. You don't go by appearance. You judge nothing before it's time. You lean not on your own understanding and ask questions. Here's the key to all of this. The judgment that we're to bring to people so that we can get that speck out of their eye once we've dealt with our own sin, once we've cleansed ourselves, we are in a right place and righteous living. We have and we have not just the right, the duty to righteously judge sin but we don't judge the sinner we judge the sin because we care about the person I will call it out homosexuality is a sin and this is going to get you into hell but I care about you I care about you I know you're a practicing homosexual that is sin but God loves you and cares for you can we pray together can we work together Hey, don't judge me, man. No, you need to understand this is at risk. You're, uh, you're a liar. You just lied. I caught you in another lie. That's lying. But I care about you. Let's, let's work at you breaking that power of lying. You're lying for some reason. I care about you. Jesus cares about you. So why are you lying? Don't judge me, man. You shouldn't judge me. No, I want you to judge me in the same way. If you see sin that I'm doing, call it out. I have to call it out for you because I care. You're cheating on your wife? Brother, you know how much calamity that's going to bring to you? You know what's going to happen if you're cheating on each other? Well, how it's going to wreck your house, how it's going to wreck your home, your future. You may have been a, a, alone. We can resolve this. We can pray for amending in your marriage. We can bring a new understanding, but i got to call it out so you'll deal with it. What started out as a, a statement of you shouldn't judge anybody is in fact the statement that this is how you judge people with the right heart, with the right motivation, with the right care. I'm obligated by the truth to judge people. Brother, I know the music is playing. And I know that they just served your food on the table. But we're going down. Can I get you off the dance floor? And can I get you off into one of these little rescue boats right now? Look at dude. Leave me alone. I'm telling you're not going to make it if you keep doing what you're doing. I'm saying this for your own good. Don't judge me. No, no, no. I'm hoping someone would judge me this way. Let me know if my ship is sinking. Do you see? That's the reality. The Christian knows the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation for people on blocks, miles and miles around, surrounding this area, is that everybody is on a sinking ship. And they're going down. And they're saying, don't bother me, don't judge me. And in the end, can you really be satisfied with staying quiet? Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged, but you judge by the measure that you would be judged. And so you need to deal with your own issues first. Get your life in order because I need a righteous church. I need a church that will discern righteousness in the earth and will call out sin. We've got to get our act together if we're going to call out sin in this community. Why would we dare call out sin? Because you can't get anybody saved if they don't know they're a sinner. Right? Is this that hard? But what has the church done? We don't care about your sin. Relax. The show will start in five minutes. Right? This is what's been happening to the church. We want to get as many people in, but we don't want to call out sin. We don't want to judge them. Let's not judge them. No, let's judge them righteously and help them see they don't understand. Help them. It's all in the way that you do it. And you do it with the heart of Jesus. How did Jesus call out sin? He found an adulterous woman just about to get stoned. And he said, sister, go ahead. Do you know why? Do you know why Jesus was able to do that? He, he drew in the sand, didn't he? Knelt down. Everybody had their stone. She was caught in the act of adultery. Now, isn't it interesting that the guy wasn't there? Where was he? So she's there, everybody's got a stone, they're ready to kill her. Jesus walks into the crowd, kneels down, and he begins to write. And he says, you, who doesn't have any sin, throw the first stone. What did he just do? Called out everyone's sin! Right? And they all said, you can't judge me. Yeah, he can. They didn't say that. But that's what would happen in 21st century America. And most people would say, oh, geez, maybe you're right. No. And then he said to her, I do not condemn you. See, he cared about her, didn't he? But he warned her. Did he deal with her? He said, you do not sin again. Because he's warning her. He's judging her. Jesus judged her and said, that is sin. Don't do it again. It will lead to your demise and your death. But I do not judge you. Now it's your responsibility to respond to what I have said to you. And so brothers and sisters, it is time for us. I want to go after the souls that everybody's ignoring. And it's a hard work, but the way to do it is to begin calling sin out in people's lives. But we can't do that if you're in the midst of it. If we're all sitting here with beams in our eyes, let's get our acts together so now we can go out and make righteous judgments. Loving, caring, gentle, calling out of sin. Because then they'll need a Savior. And they'll know the love we have that cared enough that, you know what, I don't care what your sin was. And I'm not going to gasp at it. Believe me, I've heard